Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where, as we say, resilience and leadership is not simply a good idea. It's absolutely required in our leadership. I'm J.R. Briggs, founder of Kairos Partnerships, a team of leaders that are committed to helping leaders like you overcome unique leadership challenges that you are facing. And this is one of the ways we try to equip you through this podcast, along with something that we give out each and every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time to your inbox free of charge called Five Things in Five Minutes. It's another way to stay connected and to be equipped to help you overcome your leadership challenges. You can check the show notes for information on how to sign up for that, or you can go to kairospartnerships.org slash 5T5M. Well, a few weeks ago, I had the privilege of engaging in some team training with a great team at Core Ventures, a business in Denver, Colorado, that helps with hiring the right people for your company. Or as they put it, humans helping humans find humans. I love that. Well, a shout out to Allie Horst and her team there at Core Ventures. What a fun, engaging, and formative time together with you all exploring the important topic of failure. Yes, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that failure, stewarding and navigating failure appropriately is one of my favorite topics. Well, I've uh, I've, I've loved the interaction and the engagement even after the presentation was over with Core Ventures. But I want to be clear. I want to share something with you all that I shared with them a few weeks ago. I want to be clear here that when I talk about failure within leadership, that not all failure is created equal. In fact, there are different kinds of failure, different kinds of failure. In fact, I think there are three main kinds. The first, there is moral failure, right? This is what we think of with like embezzled money or cheating on your spouse or partner, lying to your boss, a scandal that's marked by deception or cover-up. And we'd all agree that these elements are unhelpful, painful, and they carry significant consequences, and we should avoid them at all costs. Character matters in leadership. But there's a second kind of failure, and that's judgment failures, what I'll call boneheaded decisions. That when we fail, we just need to own it. One of my favorite examples of this, which I shared with the Core Ventures team, was Reed Hastings, the uh, president and founder of Netflix. He sent out a shareholder newsletter a handful of years ago. This is right when Netflix was moving from, if you've had Netflix for a long time, you know, it was like mailing in CDs and they needed to make the jump to streaming. And Reed Hastings and his team, they wanted to move fast and quickly, but they made some mistakes along the way. In fact, I was so frustrated with how they handled the situation, I told my wife, I don't know if Netflix is going to make it. They've made so many boneheaded decisions along the way. I think they're going to go under. Now, I was absolutely wrong. You can laugh at me about that. I'm glad I wasn't. I'm still a Netflix subscriber. But I want to tell you where Reed Hastings felt like he screwed up. In fact, I want to give you the complete text of Netflix Inc. CEO Reed Hastings' letter to subscribers and shareholders apologizing for mishandling recent price hikes and changes that he had just implemented and explaining how the DVD and streaming business will be split in two. I love this. Just a couple paragraphs. He said this, first line, I messed up. I owe you an explanation. It is clear from the feedback over the past two months that many members felt we lacked respect and humility in the way we announced the separation of DVD and streaming and the price changes. 
That was certainly not our intent, and I offer my sincere apology. Let me explain what we are doing. For the past five years, my greatest fear at Netflix has been that we wouldn't make the leap from success in DVDs to success in streaming. Most companies that are great at something like AOL dial-up or Borders bookstores do not become great at new things people want, streaming for us. So we moved quickly into streaming, but I should have personally given you a full explanation of why we are splitting the services and therefore increasing prices. Now, it went on from there, but I remember thinking and saying to my wife, you know what, I can respect a leader like this, someone who's not willing to blame or hide behind things or make excuses or throw others under the bus. He actually owned it. I love that. And that was that second kind, that idea of judgment failures. But there's a third kind, and that's amoral failures. This is where you did the research, you tried it, and it just didn't work. This is the kind of failure we experience when we launch a new initiative we're excited about, and it just bombs. We start a business that goes out of business two years later. We seek out that new position, and we don't get it. Or we feel like we're trying so hard to grow a nonprofit or a church, and we've seen it shrink in size, impact, momentum, and morale right before our very eyes. You didn't do anything wrong. You weren't trying to be mean. It wasn't a boneheaded decision. You did your market research. You did the best you could. It just didn't work. That's what, we, what I call amoral failure. But I want to talk about what, how we, the times where we do need to apologize. You know, we need to humanize the workplace by learning to apologize, especially, especially, especially when we are the leader. When we've made a decision that hurts others, cost them their jobs or their time, or it has embarrassed or wounded others with our words, what we did, what we didn't do, what we should have done, we must apologize. I think if you ask most leaders, has your boss or leader above you ever apologized, they would say, no. You know, leaders, for the most part, are bad at apologizing. Unfortunately, many leaders hide, blame others, deny, pretend it didn't happen. They give it to the PR firm and let them spin it and say, mistakes were made. That is a weak attempt at apologizing to say, mistakes were made. It would do a lot of good if we as leaders learn to apologize the right way. My good friend, Keys Kiesler, leads the Masters of Christian Spiritual Formation and Leadership at Friends University in Wichita, Kansas. I'm grateful to have served as Keyes' coach for several years and at his invitation to be a visiting instructor the past several years in this wonderful high-quality program at Friends University. I look forward to going to Wichita every September to teach this uh, residency program. When I was at the residency last September, Keese shared the elements of a powerful apology, and it made me think as I heard him share this, except when we were kids and our parents told us to say sorry to the kid we just threw sand in their face in the playground, we aren't really taught as adults how to apologize well when we have in fact made a mistake, failed, or sinned against someone else. And I love what Keyes shared. And I want to share this with you briefly, because I think this is important for us as leaders to realize we must apologize when we've messed up. Key said this. He said, you have to start by owning your part, identifying where we might be at least 5% wrong. We may not be 100% wrong, 
but we had a part to play. Even if it's just 5% or 10% our fault, we still need to apologize. And as I said earlier, we need to avoid the weak confessions, what he called toxic bad confessions. We weaken our apology when we add things like if and but and maybe when we say things like, I'm sorry if you were offended. Now think about that. That actually basically says to someone else, because you were so weak, I guess I have to come back and apologize. If you were offended and couldn't handle my sarcasm, well, I guess I'm going to have to apologize now. If we use words like if, but, and maybe, we weaken our apology and oftentimes make it worse. Then he shared this simple four-step process of a powerful apology. And we have to do it not out of, not out of a, a, a routine or a, a, an equation, but out of genuine empathy and humility. He said, first, here's what I did. And you be specific. You don't be vague. I'm sorry if you were hurt. You say, what I said last week in the meeting, I was trying to be funny. And you know what? It wasn't funny. It was hurtful. And that's what I did. Number two, here's how I hurt you. But I also ask, but is there more? Are there other ways that I hurt you? And this is where we pause and we listen. And once we've listened and named where we've hurt someone, then we say, I'm sorry for, and we name what we did specifically and how it hurt that person. And then number four, would you forgive me? Maybe you can't forgive me today. Maybe it's tomorrow or next week or next month or in a year but I'm asking for your forgiveness. Again, four steps. Here's what I did. Be specific. Number two, here's how I hurt you. And is there more? Now listen. And number three, I'm sorry for, and we name what we specifically did. And number four, would you forgive me? Now here's the ironic thing, leaders. We think that apologizing will cause everyone else to lose their respect for us. But actually, when we do an apology well, when it's appropriate and genuine and humble, don't be surprised because I've seen it happen many times. People's respect for you as the leader actually goes up, not down, because they say, wow, he or she realized the problem that they caused. They were able to be humble enough to own it and admit it, and it makes us more human. It humanizes the workplace. It humanizes leadership. You apologize in a powerful way. You will not lose people's respect. You will earn it. And as leaders, we build trust with others, not by pretending to be perfect, growing defensive, blaming others, or refusing to do our own part. We build trust when we own our part and we learn to apologize correctly. Well, thank you for joining me today. And just like with Core Ventures out in Denver, if you, your company, organization, business, church, or nonprofit need team training or staff equipping, I love doing that for teams and organizations. And if you desire that, let's chat. Just reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes, and we can set up a time to talk further. Well, this podcast, as always, is produced by the extremely competent and jovial Joel Limbowen at Onalim Productions. So grateful for your work, Joel. You can visit his website to see his great work at onalimproductions.com. He does great video and podcast work. He has helped our organization out over the years multiple times. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember that because you are human, you will fail. And when we fail as leaders and mess up and others are affected, impacted, or wounded because of our action or inaction, we must apologize and we must do it the right way. It's always the right thing to do. Have a great week, leaders. 